Shalom, brothers and sisters, and welcome to this Rise on Fire broadcast. I am alive today here with you, and I am so excited because we're going to be talking about such an exciting topic because it's something that God is doing today, something new, um, but yet something prophesied of old. Um, God is pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh, and He's calling us to be warriors for His kingdom. He's given us amazing spiritual gifts, and He's given us power. He, he's, he gave us His Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to ascend, and I'm going to send, let my Holy Spirit descend upon you um, to, so that you can be equipped to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel um, to all creation. And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to, I want to share with you, I've got a special guest here I'm about to introduce. And um, I'm going to, we're going to share some testimonies, some things to encourage and inspire you to make the Word of God come alive for you. And we're going to talk about these things. We're going to talk about what does it look like and how do we get into uh, walking in the things of the Holy Spirit. Because... I grew up Dutch Reformed. I grew up in a and 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 bless that church because they introduced me to my Messiah. But at that at the same time, there were other aspects, like in many denominations, right? We're all missing a piece somewhere, and there was a piece missing, and I didn't understand really what does it mean to walk in the Holy Spirit. And later I traveled through different movements and things and Father showed me new things. And, and, but only later did the Father come and He showed me, Petey, there's this big piece missing, piece that you don't walk in, that you don't see. And it's, it's all over your Bible. It's all over the book of Acts, um, walking in power in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about that today, like I mentioned. And so I want to introduce to you guys, without further ado, uh, my guest, Victor LaBarbera. Um, Victor, thank you for joining me here today uh, on, the, on Rise on Fire. Do you want to say hi to everyone? Well, hello, everybody there, and I'm so grateful to you, P.E., for having me on. I'm honored to be your guest, and I, my prayer is for everyone hearing this and watching today that you'd be blessed, that you'd be challenged, and that you'd be encouraged to walk in the Holy Spirit. I mean, I want to just uh, introduce him to you guys. Um, Victor is a former Roman Catholic from Chicago. Uh, he also later journeyed through Mormonism, and he's also a former host of the television program Live Action Wrestling. Um, you may know him as the former host of the podcast program As You Go Radio on, on the Revelations Radio Network. And today he is homesteading in northern Indiana with his wife, Andrea, and five children. After discovering the love and grace of the Messiah, he now leads a home fellowship and teaches and testifies to the countless miracles he's witnessed where the Spirit leads him. All right, so, uh, Victor, that's awesome. I, I think for anyone listening to this, you know, I just read this little uh, introduction of who you are. Um, I think one of the most striking things was, for me, is you say that you... Uh, where you're a former Roman Catholic and you were from Chicago and now you're in Indiana and and now you're walking in, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit. You know, you've shared some amazing testimonies with me before. And, and guys, that's why I have him on here today because 
Um, the way I met Victor, by the way, is um, he uh, invited me for a conference in Indiana um, last year, I believe it was, and uh, in the car, I remember, you know, I, he, he got me at the airport, and in the car, driving up to this conference, he, he, me and my wife, we were in the car, and he was sharing these wonderful, amazing, powerful testimonies of what the Lord's doing. And um, I was like, wow, we, I really wanted to get him on to share some of this with you guys too. But Victor, what I wanted to ask was that um, you said you're, you know, former Roman Catholic from Chicago. Now you're in Indiana. Um, how did this happen? How did you get from there to where you are now and seeing the things that you are seeing? Could you like shortly explain that to us? Well, certainly I'd be glad to. Well, first of all, our steps are ordered by the Lord. And it is up to us to listen to and find where those steps lead and not turn to the left or the right. And for most of my life, I was going my own way and I was doing what seemed right to a man. I was doing what felt good to me and just what seemed right. And I was lost. And yes, I grew up in Roman Catholicism. Uh, later, I had a girlfriend who challenged me to look into the scriptures and she was Mormon and we were close to getting married. So in order to marry her, I would have to become Mormon. Uh, in seeking God, it was very frustrating at times. It was, But I, I, he revealed himself to me in a supernatural way where the Holy Spirit fell on me. And it was like a warm blanket embrace. And I heard a, sh a little whisper in my ear that said, I'm right here and I love you. And I've never turned back from believing whether there is a God in heaven who has created me. But what I discovered right away is I then started visiting her Mormon church and I discovered that same Holy Spirit that I had encountered was not found in the Mormon religion. It was not the God. In fact, the same spirit that I sensed in the Mormon churches was the same spirit of religion that I had encountered in the Catholic church. It was the same thing, just repackaged. So I knew that neither of them were right and I couldn't, I couldn't sit in either pews in a Catholic church or a Mormon church. Thankfully, uh, the father led me to my wife, and she was a Sabbath keeper. She grew up in the Worldwide Church of God, and um, through we went to various Pentecostal churches after we got married, but we always just kept coming back to the feast, kept coming back to the Sabbath. I had read a lot of the literature. I had read the Bible, finally, and um, I'm just so gracious that the father has shown me gifts operating through me, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and so many times I asked throughout my life, why me, Father? Why are you showing me all these things? Why are all these miracles happening around me? And I truly believe it is for, you know, to testify on platforms like this, to let people know the goodness of God, and to challenge everyone to let them know that these gifts are readily available for all who will believe. Hey Amen. That's so good, brother. So could you share you, your, your talk? You said there's, you started experiencing miracles in your life. Um, could you expand on that? Can you give an example? Uh, what are you talking about when you say that? Well, some of them may seem minor, but you know they were major for for me. Uh, one of the first things that ever uh, that was really a big monumental thing for me was my wife had an opportunity to move to North Carolina, and I had lived in Chicago my whole life, and that was not something I, I wanted to do. All my friends and family and and were in Chicago, so for the first time in my life, I yielded. And I said, Father, whatever you want. That's when I, find, for the first time, I signed that blank contract. And I said, I am yours, and I will do whatever you will. And if that even means moving to North Carolina, where I don't know anybody, a place I don't want to live, I will go there. 
And immediately the Holy Spirit fell on me. I was at my workplace in my office cubicle and the Holy Spirit fell on me. And I just began to cry and weep because it was such a beautiful sensation. And I heard that whisper and he, he told me what church I was going to attend and which man was going to baptize me in North Carolina. And I immediately quit my job right there. I gave my resignation and we moved to North Carolina and I tested the spirits as we're told to do in First John. And I went to numerous churches, but eventually we went to the church that the father told me we'd go to. And as soon as we walked out of that church, my wife said, this is the church I want to go to. And I said, well, let me tell you, the father told me this is the church that we're going to attend and we're going to get baptized here. And eventually we did get baptized there and we made all our friends there. And that's where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I grew spiritually exponentially at that church. Amen, brother. That's awesome. Um, I remember uh, we were when we were driving in the car with you, um, we were going through, you know, driving to this conference and you were in the car and you were sharing some of this with me, how you moved from, how God moved you from California to Indiana. And, you know, it, it really resonated with me too. I remember years ago in, um, when I was, I'm from South Africa for those of you who don't know, I now live in the United States. But before, when I was in South Africa, you know, even as a young boy, I just, continuously prayed I said I don't, I'm weak I don't have any good talents God I don't have any much to much to offer you um, I'm not I'm not a good anything but Lord here I am send me and that prayer which is a biblical prayer is what the father really answered in my life and here I am today he sent me to the United States with you know with obviously I met my wife here my beautiful wife and but here now we are preaching the gospel and this is the place he has me and so God is easy. He, he sees the future so well. And I could never, if you would have asked me, hey, would you have gone to the United States, you know, a few years ago, I would say I would never want to go to the United States. Right. But that was, but, the, but now I'm so happy because I'm right where I need to be. Um, Victor, so in terms of, we know that God moves us around. He moves us to our callings. He, he does all these things. Um, in terms of spiritual gifts, uh, what do you think about spiritual gifts and what role do you think they have uh, in the lives of believers today? Well, I mean, in the lives of believers, they're essential. And unfortunately, people are not moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And that's due to numerous things. Uh, one is just bad doctrine, right? We have cessationist churches that teach that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are no longer needed during this dispensation for some, you know, which is which is insane to me, and I believe easily, uh, you know, you can prove that wrong right. easily through scriptures. Um, but it's essential. The world needs a church that is walking in power and love. Mm. And we have people today joining ISIS, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, whatever group they're joining. There are people searching to join groups today that are extreme in their beliefs. They, and these people, so we have a generation of young people today that are looking for groups with extreme beliefs, beliefs that they believe so passionately that they are willing to sell out for them and follow, and follow with reckless abandonment. And that's how the ecclesia, the church, should be. We should be so radical in our beliefs that people see that we are completely sold out for our beliefs, but yet that is not what they see. They see a lukewarm church who has added, that just adds Jesus to their life that just makes it a little part of their life. And they do one little act on Sunday, you know, sit in a pew, but then they live like the world the rest of the week. But that is not, you don't see that in scripture. 
the first and second, second century churches would not even recognize what we call church today. They walked in the power of the Spirit. They expected words of knowledge, gifts of you know, prophecy. They expected tongues and interpretation of tongues. They expected healings, and they expected to raise the dead in many instances. And these are things that are not on the radar of most Christians. Again, bad, mostly due to bad doctrine, and also I would say laziness. We are very comfortable being comfortable, and that is what needs to change. And until it changes, we're not going to see many of the gifts. But we need to hunger for them, especially during these last days. And what's exciting, though, is the scriptures say during the last days there's going to be a greater outpouring. And we are going to see a harvest. And I'm very excited that I get to be a part of that. And so do you. You at home watching this video, you get to be a part of that. That should excite you. There's a lot of fear in the world right now. There's a lot of changes going on, and people are worried and fearful. And right now the world needs a, a church that has some teeth, a church that's not afraid to fight in the Spirit, who's walking in the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And that's how we're going to see this great harvest. And we get to be a part of that. We get to partner with the creator of the universe. He wants to use us during these last days. And that is so exciting. And I pray that that excites you. So don't fear. Don't worry. Be excited because the Father has a wonderful plan for you during these last days. Mm, that's so good. Um, I want to touch on something you mentioned. You know, you, you said the early church saw a lot of these things. They saw a lot of miracles and things like that. And um, I want, I actually have a proof text here because uh, I was actually looking at this recently. Um, there is a historical uh, writer, Irenaeus. Um, he wrote uh, a, a work called Against Heresies. And he wrote against Gnosticism and a few other uh, heresies going around this day. But he, he also wrote some really interesting things. I want you all, to, all of you just to listen to because he's giving us a picture. He's going to give us a picture now of what, is the first, what does the church around him look like right now. And you'll see that it's pretty amazing because, look, uh, the Bible is enough, of course, right? But I want to read this to you because there's many people who think that the the spiritual gifts and the, the amazing things that the disciples saw needs to be ending at the disciples. I want to show you that it didn't and that it continued past them into even after they, they, were, they died. Um, so... In this work, I'm going to read it in Arrhenius Against Heresies. This is in section 32.4 for anyone who wanted to look at it. Wherefore also those who are in truth, his disciples, receiving grace from him, do in his name perform miracles, so as to promote the welfare of other men, according to the gift which each one has received from him. For some do certainly and truly drive out devils, so that those who have thus been cleansed from evil spirits frequently both believe in Christ and join themselves to the church. Others have foreknowledge of things to come. They see visions and utter prophetic expressions. Others still heal the sick by laying their hands on them, and they are made whole. Yea, moreover, as I have said, the dead even have been raised up, hallelujah, and remains among us for many years. And what shall I more say? It is not possible to name the number of gifts which the church scattered throughout the whole world has received from God. In the name of Jesus Christ, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, and which she exerts day by day for the benefits of the Gentiles, um, neither practicing deception upon any like the Gnostic heretics, nor taking any reward, but doing all these things freely. So I, I just wanted to read this because 
It's so beautiful. He's saying like people are being raised from the dead and remaining with them for many more years. He's saying like demons and devils, devils are being cast out of people, right? Um, he actually says that devils are being cast out of people and these people are thereafter turning to Christ, some of them, you know. And it reminds me just last week. I want to share this with you guys because you guys, I want you guys to know what's going on. Like just last week, I got a call from a brother, um, and he he told me that he has a he has a friend, and she she was in the New Age movement, um, and she was right witchcraft, like deep into that, and she, they were so worried about her because this has been going on, I think, for a while, and. Eventually, after a few events, she they were like there. She, he was there with a few friends, and and there was a demon manifesting through her, just like that. Like wh- they were like, "What's going on?" And there's just this demon manifesting in her, and they they had a choice, right? Now they could have stepped forward, or they could step back. They could step back in fear or forward in boldness, but they decided to step forward, and they casted this demon out of her. And after that, she repented she wanted now she wants to follow god she wants to follow yeshua as her messiah she wants she wants to she has this 180 this is what he said she had a 180 so and this is beautiful because this is exactly what we just read happened with some of those who had demons casted out of them and so brothers and sisters if we see that these things happened in the early church not just the 12 not just the 72 in luke 10 which was also, they also given authority to do these things, but also now in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit poured out upon all, and then the early church seeing all these things. Are we not supposed to see them? And if we don't see them, should we not put everything down and say, Lord, why aren't we seeing this? What, should, what, what is wrong? Because what are, if, are we not in danger, brothers and sisters, if we are studying the word which is wonderful and beautiful but if we're studying the word but we never apply what it says especially that which is so relevant today for us because the great commission was given today for us to to do um victor before i get over to you i just want to read this this is for those of you listening this is what that great commission is uh matthew 10 verse 7 and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Victor, what do you think about that? Well, that's what my radio podcast was named after. As you go, as you go, <laughs> as I send you out to do what I called you to do, as you go, do these things. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, right? These are the things that we are called to do. So many times people say they want to walk like Yeshua did. Many people in this movement say they want to walk like Yeshua did. So they, they'll wear zitzis, they'll keep Sabbath, they'll keep the Moedim, the feast. And those are all good things, brothers and sisters. I have nothing negative to say about a single one of those. But walking like Yeshua doesn't mean you're doing outward physical appearance. It also means to walk in authority and power that he did. Okay, He the same spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead is inside you and me if you are a born-again believer. So we should expect these things. We should have the faith to do these things. And the, the key thing there is faith. I've had two friends in the last three years raise the dead, literally documented raise the dead. One was in a hospital, one was in a prison. There was witnesses to both of these. The two things that they had in common 
were that both of these brothers told me a year before they raised the dead that they were going to raise the dead. So you're not going to raise the dead unless you believe you're going to raise the dead. You have to believe for it. You have to know that there's no limitations here, that the Father wants to use you to do great and wonderful works for his kingdom. Oh, that's such a good, that's a good, thank you for sharing that. I mean, what you just said is like the thing, the, the thing they had in common is they, they told you they would do so. So there's this faith that they had coming to the table a year before it ever happened. So what if one of the reasons we don't see, if, if we are not seeing these things, what if the reason is we're not believing for it? What if, if someone dies, right? What is their reaction? Let's just look at it. Um, look at Lazarus, right? We know the story. I mean, he's dying. Everyone is, well, he died and everyone is, you know, they're sad. And of course, even the Messiah or Messiah was sad. So there's nothing wrong with being sad. But they were all like, they've given up. They're all like without hope. They're all like, oh no, it's over. But he knew, like inside, there was, he was sad for what has happened. But still, he had the faith. So if we're never going to be that person who steps up and has the faith, if we're never going to be the one who, can I say, takes the risk, because that's what it is. Whenever we're going to try and, and, and move in faith, it, there is a risk associated. And it's that, that voice in our mind that says, what if it doesn't happen? You know, it's like, imagine Moses with his staff with the splitting of the Red Sea, and he's like, he, he does this, and he's like, and, and nothing happens. Right, I'm sure. Like every time he did something, if or if he if he appeared before Pharaoh with you know the the staff and the snake, there's always this thought that the enemy brings in. No matter how much you've seen before, right? Really, no matter how many miracles you've seen before, the enemy is always going to try and bring these thoughts into your flesh, into your mind. That oh, what if it doesn't happen? What is going to happen then? You know, and what's so important for us is to to really uh, understand that, that yes, the enemy is going to maybe bring that thought, but what are we going to do with that? Are we going to allow that to dictate our actions and what the Word says we're supposed to see? Or are we going to say, no, okay, yeah, I have this thought, but I don't really care about it because the Bible says I'm supposed to see something otherwise. Because every time you heal your hands on the sick, the voice in your mind is going to say it's not going to happen, sorry. You're wasting your time. You're making a fool of yourself or whatever other lie there is in the book. But the father said, go and lay your hands on the sick and you'll see them recover. So I'm going to lay my hands on the sick until I see them recover. I'm going to pray for the dead to be raised until I see them raised. And I'm going to believe for it so that I can see it happen. Uh, yeah, Victor, I think it's a good point. You know, I think a lot of times we... Um, that's why we don't see these things. Are we really believing it, or are we just intellectually believing it? Right? What do you think? Well, definitely intellectually. Yeah, many people intellectually. If if you and I were together with a group of people, and and someone die, happened to die in front of everybody, and you and I said, everyone gather around. PD and I are going to lay hands on this person, and they're going to come back to life. I, I think that the vast majority of people in that circle would, would come up forward and expect us to pray and the person to rise. But if we stopped and said, wait, you know what? You do it. I think right. everybody would take a step back. Right. Because they, they would be okay with you and me doing it. But as soon as we point the finger at them, then that would change everything. Because they know their own sins. 
they they're listening to the wrong voice too often. They're listening to that voice that's saying, "You can't do this. Who are you?" But we need to know our identity. We need to know that we are children of the living God, mm. and we have been given authority not by not by any righteous things that we've done. We mm. don't. Have, it's nothing that we've done. We have not earned the Holy Spirit. The, the scriptures are very clear on that. Amen. Oh, that's a good point, isn't it? I mean, how many people? I've, I've found so many people who um, who try and work for this thing. I'll never forget. I was talking to a guy once, and 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 uh, we were talking about casting our demons, and he said. And I asked, you know, have you ever seen anything like this? What do you think about it? He said, no, he hasn't, but he's going to, he feels like when he works, when he becomes a little bit more righteous, when he keeps a bit, when he grows in keeping the Torah more, maybe one day God will allow him to have the power to cast out a demon. If that's your mindset, you're never casting out a demon because then you're going to be, in the, you're now, you're now going to only be able to walk in the Holy Spirit's power uh, when you reach a certain level of holiness, well, if that's the case, none of us are ever going to be, if that's a requirement, then none of us are ever going to be casting out any demon because we have received the Holy Spirit by faith, not by what we do, because we all have issues. We all have impurities. So thank God that He has died for our sins because that's why the Holy Spirit could come and indwell us because he makes us clean. That's the point. So now we can have that power, even though uh, we're not perf as perfect as, as our Messiah was. So I think it's important that we, we, we don't feel the enemy's going to try and use this. He's going to try and say, oh, you sinned today. You know, you made a mistake. You did this, whatever. You, you're not perfect. And guess what? None of us are. I'm not perfect. Victor's not perfect. We strive. We try our best to be obedient. Glory to God, we ought to. But if we think, if we're in that works mindset, and then I can, if I'm good enough, then God may use me. If I'm holy enough, God may use me in my, in my own works, for my own abilities. No, that'll only keep you back. We, we run after Him. We try our best, but we understand that we receive Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit through faith and faith alone. Have you encountered people like that? People like what that don't that, that are trusting in their own yeah righteousness. Oh yeah, yeah, and I I have to I have to caution myself that I could fall into that. You know, yeah. I think we have to be careful because sometimes as we are being sanctified, and, and many of you listening mm-hmm. to this are being sanctified. If you were to look back at where you were one year ago, two years ago, five years ago, you've come a long way. You've come very far in the last couple of years, and glory be to God for that. But if we now think well. Now I've, I'm, I'm doing. I'm sinning less. I, I've been set free from that stronghold. So now you're expecting to do greater things because that you because of your righteousness. Well, now we're putting our faith in ourselves. We're putting our faith in the good works that we've performed. And now our faith is in the wrong is in the wrong place. So we have to. We do have to guard against pride, and we have to guard against that because we can we can fall into that as we are becoming conforming to his image more and more. So we do have to be careful of that. I, I have to guard myself against that. And yes, I've met a lot of people that can fall into that mindset. Yeah, I, I have to check myself too. And I want to say to everyone who's listening here, um, I'm not, and Victor is not, I'm hearing a little bit of echo here, just one second. Uh, I'm not, and Victor is not, uh, we're not special, right? 
Uh, Victor, excuse me, I'm getting a little echo. I don't know if... I'll see if I can lower that. Okay, sorry about that. Um, uh, I'm not special. Victor is not special, right? We are really, really, really. We're not, we're not here trying to tell you guys, look how we are. In fact, I'm trying to tell you the... Uh, I'm trying to tell you otherwise, that we are not, we are weak, and without him, he makes us strong. And because of that, there is actually great hope because it means that any God can use anyone, especially those of us who feel weak, those of us who feel we're not uh, adequate, qualified. If you feel inadequate and unqualified, well, um, I feel the same. Um, so, and what I want to say is I remember... Um, you know, we just talked about casting out demons for a second, uh, a, a, a while later, uh, a while earlier. Um, I remember, uh, Victor, I don't know if you'll remember this, but I was at, when I was at that conference in Indiana, um, there was a, uh, I remember I was preaching and, and there was a lady somewhere along the lines who came forward. And um, as she started walking forward, she started manifesting a demon, like right there. I, I didn't like uh, try to cast out any demons or anything per se, but she just came forward. She started manifesting a demon and I started praying for her and stuff, but I was praying for other people too. And I remember, I think, I don't know, I think you prayed for her as well. And then, you know, that demon got later casted out. Um, and that was this so awesome. Like I've seen that before where um, we can walk into a room, right? And this is not about me. But we can walk into a room, and because of the Holy Spirit in us, those things, those evil spirits, or or whatever uh, bondages, just come to show themselves out, and they're found out. And we can have, we can now go, go and address these things. But if we are in a place where we don't actually believe, understand our identity, and, and this is why I'm, I'm saying this, because Victor, you mentioned identity earlier. You know, if we don't understand our identity, and that is that we are sons of God, then uh, we won't easily see something like that happen. Because the reason that things like like demons would listen to us, or would you know would 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 be afraid, or would would let me say um, respect our authority, is because we understand our authority. If we don't understand who we are, why would the demons want? to submit because we don't even know who we are but if we know who we are that we're sons we're part of his royal priesthood and we've been given authority over unclean spirits now unclean spirits if they see we know that then they then there's this then there's this authority we now can exercise over them so i want to say this because brothers and sisters we need to start praying the prayer of god um come and show me who i am Lord, if I walk into a room, I want the demons to start coming out and, and, and trembling so that I can cast them out. Because a lot of times we have demons in churches and in fellowships uh, in people being a, be, people being oppressed. I'm not talking about possession per se, but even just oppression. And these people sit, come to church and go home and they, they stay in bondage. And they're never the, the the demonic strongholds are never addressed, but when we start growing in the, this identity and this this understanding of our authority, we can now start praying, and we will just start seeing these things coming forward. And we can start if we if we are going to be bold and faithful to the call, we can pray and we can see them come out. 
Victor, what do you think about that, brother? Well, yeah, our identity is, is crucial. And I think many people listening today are still under what I call the orphan spirit, where they don't know that they've been adopted into God's family. They have not received the spirit of adoption that, that we see in the Bible, where we can now call out Abba, Father. That is a term of endearment. We can call out to the Father, and we can say, Abba, He is our Father. He has adopted us. He has chosen us that we can come into Him and be in fellowship with Him through the Holy Spirit. We no longer have to be unsure whether He loves us. We know He loves us. And we have to make that our identity, that we are sons of the Most High. For many years, I asked myself, why me? I would see miracles happen, or I would see different things, and I would say, why me? I no longer say that anymore. And it's not because of anything righteous I've done. It's not that I'm special over anybody else, but it's because I'm chosen, and so are you. You have been chosen to be his adopted child. You are a child of Elohim. And that is, nothing can take that away. The enemy will try. He'll whisper lies. And I think that's why it's so important that we listen to the right voices. That's why it's important that we're in the Word. And that's why it's important that we're in fellowship where we can give and, give and take and receive encouragement from one another. And this, this is what's so nice about this, this platform. We can share testimonies and build each other up and build one another's faith. Because, again, it comes to me, it comes back to faith. I was just looking at um, Galatians. Oh, I just lost it. Um, it says, uh, Galatians 3.2, Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? We, it is by the hearing of faith that we receive the Spirit, not, not through our good works. So we, we need this. We need to have encouragement, and we need to hear what, what the Holy Spirit is doing through other believers. It's, it, it encourages us, and it builds up our faith to go and do likewise. Amen, brother. That's awesome. Could you? Is there any testimony that you, anything in the past that you that's coming to mind? Maybe the Holy Spirit's coming, bringing to your mind that that you could share with us. Anything like that that could um, inspire people with the things that you're talking about? Well, I could just say I know where many of you are at. I've been there too. Recently, uh, well, it's two years ago now. I had the I had the uh, joy of going on a missions trip to Guatemala, and. It was a very long and grueling day. It was very tiring, very hot weather. We had been to several different schools ministering, doing different things. And I had seen countless miracles that day, many wonderful things. And uh, our interpreter was walking back with me to the bus. And I could tell she was down and very lethargic. And I, I asked her if she was okay. And she said she had such a terrible headache. And my flesh responded how it normally would. Oh, I'm sorry. Too bad for you, right? And then, then there was a check in my spirit where I was like, no, wait a minute. I've seen too many miracles today to accept the fact that you have a headache. My prayer is on earth as it is in heaven. And last time I checked, there's no headaches in heaven. So we're not going to have headaches on earth. So I said, give me your hand. That headache does not have permission to be here. I grabbed her hand and just told the headache to go in such a boldness it was very uncommon. It was uncommon for me to speak that boldly, to say, give me your hand. That headache has no place here. And I just commanded it to go. And, and it was like electricity flowing through my body. The woman felt it too. And I even received blessing. I felt reinvigorated and rejuvenated for praying for her, you know, and, and she felt amazing too. 
But that I almost missed that blessing because I was tired and I was walking in the flesh. And so often we just accept things as they are, the way we see them. Because we're not walking by faith. Too often we're walking by sight. And there's times where I have to check myself and say, wait, hold on a second. That doesn't belong here. This is not acceptable. So, you know, <laughs> but it took the, the actions of others. I saw their faith move. Their faith encouraged me, and then I felt, you know, bold enough to step out and, and pray for her to be healed. Hey Amen. That's a good story, Butter. Um, you know, I think what's so key for us is to take the opportunities that God has given us. Um, and look, there's going to be opportunities that we, we may regrettably miss because of fear and because of, you know, we kind of chicken out, you know, like uh, you kind of mentioned that in that moment, you know, you're, you're kind of like, you almost went there where you, you didn't go ahead to possibly address this, right? And I think, and then, you know, there's always this battle, like, like I mentioned earlier, no matter how long, don't think that this is going to go away, like this battle that we have, no matter how many people you've prayed for, what you've seen, there's always going to be the enemy's voice in the midst of things trying to stop you from going forth and doing what God called you to do in terms of the Great Commission. Why is people? Why are people not doing, uh, a lot of people not doing the Great Commission? Well, because of this, because they're listening to the wrong voice, because they're not listening to the shepherd's voice, to the Messiah's voice, when they are confronted with opportunities, but instead they're giving into the enemy's voice, which inspires an ungodly fear. We should rather do things from the fear of God, being this, this wow, you know what, there's someone in front of me right now, and you know, like this lady with the headache, and I, can, I have to go pray for her, maybe I feel like I'm going to, you know, what if it doesn't happen? Maybe I feel like, what is she going to think of me? Because maybe she seems like a an unbeliever. So what is she going to think? Or, or you know, whatever the thing is, it, we have to put that on the side. It's so important for us if we want to be used. Because these opportunities are, present, are going to be presented to each and every one of us throughout our lives. And the more, and I want to submit to you, if you, if you feel like, oh, there's not a lot of opportunity for me. You know, I want to submit to you that you need to open yourself up to this. You need to, this is what we are talking about is a completely different mindset, a different way of life. Uh, we're talking about living for Christ, which, look, you can live for yourself and still be a believer. You can still have your thoughts continuously be about yourself and, and about no one else. So you can talk to someone about their headache, but the, the thought never crosses your mind really about, well, why do you have a headache? That's not supposed to be there. Let's get rid of that. Right? But we need a change of mindset. And, and I think this is really what I'm talking about here is really leading into something that I, wanna talk, well, I wanted to talk about. And that is, you know, how do we practically start walking in the things that we have been talking about here, you know. Um, and this mindset is one of the big things. It's, it's, if you never think about it, it will never happen. If you never, if, if, I remember I actually told this story on the channel not too long ago, but I remember I was in a, 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 an antique store just a few weeks ago, and as I was walking through this antique store, right, the, the Lord eventually led me, to go and pray for the storekeeper. But if my thoughts were not on the Lord, if my thoughts were not on 
Lord, what do you want me to do here? But rather simply on, oh, you know, I'm on holiday. I'm not. I'm not. I'm off from work. I'm not going to do ministry right now, or, or whatever your thing is. Like, no, you have to have a 24/7 mindset of, Lord, I want to. I want to know what you're saying, and I want to be your hands and feet in every situation at all times. So when we, when your whole life becomes about this. Like and I'm and I'm being serious. Your whole life, all the time, like when you're out and about or whatever, wherever you are, if this is what you're, this has to be what's going through your mind. How can I be a light here? What can I do? How can I bring your kingdom forth here? Because if if we don't do that, what kingdom are we trying to build, right? Victor, what do you think about that, brother? Oh uh, yeah, that's that's so important, and I think I came to that realization about ten years ago where then I had some brothers in my life that really challenged me. We challenged one another, and it really helped because I was listening to some of the wrong voices. But we started to challenge one another to walk this out daily, that this is this is everyday thing. This is not just once in a while when we go and do a prison ministry event or once in a while when we throw some sort of evangelistic crusade or conference. This is an everyday thing. I think the thing that gets overlooked the most in all of the Gospels is that Yeshua went up to the mountaintop alone. That's all it says. It says he went up to the mountain to pray. We know we have no details as to what that looks like, and it's just one verse scattered here or there when he goes up to the top of the mountain. But what is he doing at the top of the mountain? He's communing with the Father. He's getting instructions, and now he knows where to go. He knows what town to go to the next day. He knows whose house he's going to have dinner with he knows who to encounter and who you know which sick people he needs to go raise he's getting the instructions and i think so often we're not spending time on our faces we're not spending time alone we're not fasting and again not not that fasting is not that fasting is about works fasting is about us decreasing i think so often our flesh is getting in the way of us walking in the spirit and too often we're we're not walking by faith but only by sight so I know me personally, I need to fast. And I, I've said, if anyone's ever heard me before say this, you know, I say this a lot, that 2,000 years ago, the first century church, it would have been strange for them if they knew other believers that ate seven days a week. There weren't, it was odd for believers 2,000 years ago to eat seven days a week. Now we live in a world where it's odd for believers to eat, that don't eat seven days a week. We're, we're just used to walking in our own strength and walking in our own flesh. And that is, I think, one of the dangers. I can do a lot of things in my own strength. And so I can find myself relying on my own strength and doing things in my own flesh. You know, the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers work in vain. They still build the house, but they're laboring in vain. And too often, I think we are laboring in vain and doing so many things in our own strength. And if we would just yield and pause, and take a moment, get alone with him, maybe fast if he's calling you to do that. I think we need to do these things so that we can hear his voice clearer. Then we'll be able to better discern who to pray for, who to speak for, who to speak to. And we'll, then we'll really start to see those things manifest more often because we'll be walking in the Spirit. I mean, that's really good, brother. You know, what you said about doing it in your own strength, you know, I know we mentioned quick earlier, but I want to just come back to that for a second, because one of the big reasons that we we can get swallowed up by fear is when we think we are the ones who are supposed to do something. 
I mean, if we think about the instructions that he that Messiah gave us in Matthew 10, I mean, he says, go heal the sick and go raise the dead. Go, you know, cleanse lepers. Do these things. And it's kind of like if I was to go up to anyone on the street and say, hey, why don't you go raise the dead? Hey, why don't you go, you know, do whatever? You know, it's kind of like, what? Like that would inspire fear in anyone if, if that was a commandment from God. Like God says you have to do this. Why don't you do it? Like go and do it. Like, like wow, like that's that's a scary like instruction because by nature it's an impossibility. Like uh, physically, right? Like these are things that no one could do, uh, you know, in the world. But that's the point is if you understand that this is not about my own strength. This is not about how how I'm going to figure this out. But this is about how I'm going to have faith in God and that his deliverance is going to fulfill this promise that he's going to do this through us. So it's really all about when we ha we can walk in boldness only when we realize it's not our own strength. It's not on our own abilities, but rather it's on what uh, what God can what God promises to do through us. So. I want all of us to just think about that. You know, how am I approaching this? Do I really want to do this? Am I trying to do this on my own strength and abilities? Or am I really going to trust God when that lady has a headache in front of me? Or maybe it's something bigger than a headache. Maybe it's a blind lady. Or maybe it's someone who's just broke their leg yesterday. Or, you know, it doesn't really matter because for God, there's no difference. But for us, there are differences. The differences are simply in what we see in our flesh. So Victor said something really great about fasting there. Fasting is not like, like he said He said this too, Victor, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. You know, fasting is not like this works thing where, you know, oh, I didn't fast today, so, oh, well, I, you know, I can't do anything. It's not about that. But rather, fasting will help us get our flesh out of the way. So it will help us take more authority over the voice of the enemy, him working in and through our flesh, if you will, when he comes to um, speak lies, we can identify them and have more control when they come and, and have control over things and let the flesh not rule, but rather let the spirit rule in us. Because when we're fasting, we are basically telling our flesh, hey, you're hungry right now, but I'm not giving you any food. Get back in line. You're not getting food until I tell you you're going to get food. So now I'm teaching my flesh that I'm the boss and it's not going to rule me. So when it comes to uh, something that needs to get done supernaturally by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is going to be able to work and the flesh is not going to take uh, dominion in that moment. Um, I also think that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, Victor, you mentioned that. Could you maybe go back there for a second? You know, you mentioned your testimony earlier how... You got uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, for anyone who may be listening, asking the question, I don't know if I'm baptized or, you know, what would you say to someone like that? Well, I think, you know, most people, I think there's just a, a lack of understanding. Um, you know, there's two baptisms. You know, there is a, a baptism of water that is of repentance, you know, and it's referred to in the book of Acts as John's baptism. And there's a baptism of fire. And, and John the Baptist, you know, he, he spoke this. He said, I'm baptizing with water, but there's one coming who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit with fire. 
and that obviously being Yeshua, the Messiah. Um, so when in the book of John, we see Yeshua, after he has been resurrected, he breathes on them and he gives them the Holy Spirit. He filled them with the Holy Spirit because at that point they were born again. And if you brothers and sisters are born again, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead is in you. Okay, if you've been born again, now you have the Spirit. You don't have to question that. You might not feel it. You might not see manifestations, but you have the Holy Spirit. But then there is what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So after Yeshua had breathed the Holy Spirit into them, right, he also then told them to wait here in Jerusalem, right, for the Feast of Shavuot, when the, whole, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them, right? And that's when we see them walking in power and authority and gifts. That's when we see Peter, you know, boldly speaking, for Messiah and 3,000 coming into the faith that day. So for me, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was funny. I was at, at the church we were at living in North Carolina at the time, and we had regular Sunday services. And at the end of the service, our pastor said, come back tonight. We had Sunday evening churches at uh, church events that was pretty common in the South. And they, you know, he was telling everyone to come, encouraging them to come Sunday night. And he said, someone's going to get baptized with the Holy Spirit tonight. And immediately something leaped up inside of me. The Holy Spirit kind of jumped up and said, that's you. And I was pretty confident that it was me, even though that I didn't really understand it. And I was even maybe a little kind of freaked out, like, what does that even all entail? I don't know. But pretty, leading up to that day, I started to just tell the Father more and more, I want everything you have for me. I don't understand all these things of the spirit it was very new to me but i was starting to be around people who were walking in those gifts and i wanted whatever the father wanted for me i wanted everything he has for me i didn't want half of him i wanted all of him and that day i was tired i went home we had dinner and to be honest the simpsons were on and i just wanted to put my feet up on the couch and watch cartoons and laugh okay <laughs> i'm a big kid and i just wanted to laugh and watch mindless television but the spirit reminded me no you're you're supposed to go to that sunday night service tonight so i you know i picked myself up the couch we went down there and praise and worship was you know didn't seem any different than normally but as i was praising my savior and i just felt like i was it was just him and me i didn't feel like anybody else was in the room and then all of a sudden i just felt waves coming upon me it almost felt and it felt like i was on fire now, that sounds like a bad thing to be on fire, but this was fire that wasn't painful. And it was amazing. And all of a sudden, I, I, it was as, as if I was no longer in the room. And I was standing before Yeshua. It was just him and me. And immediately, I felt guilt and shame. And just like in Isaiah, when Isaiah sees the holiness of Yahweh on the throne, his first reaction is, I'm a man with unclean lips. But then the angel took the coal to his lips and sanctified him, right, and, and cleansed him. And then all of a sudden, what is Isaiah then saying? You know, who shall go? Isaiah saying, send me. Here I am, send me. So Isaiah went from being ashamed of his, of his filth in the, in the holiness of, of Yahweh to here I am, send me, use me. Well, that's what happened to me. I had a similar experience to Isaiah. I went from, oh, my goodness. The Lord is so beautiful and pure, and I am so filthy and wretched. But immediately he cleansed me. I went from feeling filthy and dirty to feeling so loved. And it was amazing. And there's like this 
fire coming on me. And all of a sudden I opened my eyes because the love was almost overwhelming to a point where I couldn't even, I couldn't, I couldn't handle the love anymore. I was overflowing with so much love that I couldn't almost handle it anymore. So I actually needed to stop. So then I stopped and then the worship service had kind of paused and everybody was looking at me. And it was kind of strange because then I was like, what's going on? I knew I had been speaking in tongues. I had never spoken in tongues before, but I'm speaking in tongues. And one of the pastors asked me if this had ever happened before. And I said, no, and I'm crying and I'm speaking in tongues. But immediately I said, wait a minute, I want to go back. And the Holy Spirit allowed me to go back into the presence of Yeshua again. And again, it was just waves and waves of love and fire coming on me. And I'm speaking in tongues and it was beautiful. And ever since then, yes, there was no convincing me that God didn't exist. It, it, it was as if I stood face to face with him. I was never more in love with the Savior. He was never more real to me. And then, you know, speaking in tongues, words of knowledge and prophecy, those type of things, uh, you know, being able to pray for people, heal the sick, casting out demons. Those are things that I then began to walk in after that day. Awesome, brother. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Um, it's wonderful. I, I've experienced the same thing um, before. I remember um, someone prayed for me, and and there was just, just this this burning feeling. It felt like I had got a sunburn like on my face, but I hadn't been in the sun at all. And uh, I remember driving back that night, just like feeling like I'm burning up, like not not a not a bad hurt, just like a like a, almost like a like I said a skin burn. It was weird, but I knew that uh, it was the the father who who baptized me and what exactly what you know what John prophesied would happen what the Messiah would do and that is to baptize with fire Holy Spirit and fire and uh, the earth is going to get baptized in fire at the end those who are not in him will burn but they will burn out they will they will they will die but those who are in him will burn but they will not be consumed because they will be like um, uh, how can I say edified gold like they will be you know pure so that's what this fire is right refined that's the word and um, so Brian Sitchers I also want to just add to this you know if you're listening to this and you may say wow I know I've never had an experience like that you know I love testimonies like I also want to say that it's always different right people have different experiences like how uh, Victor was baptized in the Holy Spirit and how I was baptized in the Holy Spirit looks a little different and how you may have experienced God in that way may look a little different. It's okay. God is going to do it the way that you, uh, he wants to do it with you, the way that you're going to receive it well, etc. He's a gentleman. So, but the important thing is, is, is you'll know in your heart, you'll know like, have I been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And, and uh, obviously in terms of outward signs, the Bible teaches the fruits of the spirit. So those things, I'm sure Victor would confirm to me that he he saw some change in his character after that. He saw, like he mentioned, spiritual gifts. That's another sign. The spiritual gifts start operating uh, in our lives more, right? These are some of the outward signs of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that that starts will naturally start taking place in our life um, after we got baptized. So I would really encourage everyone to seek that from the Lord if you're not sure about that. So, brothers uh, we're almost finished here, but I want to end this off just with a last point on, you know, how do we start walking in this, uh, in the Holy Spirit, you know? And 
Um, Victor said earlier a good thing. You know, he mentioned um, it's not just about going out on an outreach and that's the event, and then we turn that switch back off, right? It's it's supposed to be uh, like I mentioned. Uh, our lives. It's supposed to be who we are and everywhere we go, this is what we're, our mind is supposed to be on, like His kingdom things. But I also want to say to that, add to that, that if you're in a community, where wherever you are in your community, find a place where you can serve people. Okay, and that can look, whatever that looks like, whatever the Father leads that, uh, you in with that, but find a place where you can be a, a servant, whether that's a, a local place where there are homeless people and you can go and minister the gospel to them, or or maybe it's people who, maybe, okay, whoever it is, doesn't matter. Maybe it's a prison, like Victor mentioned earlier. Um, find a place where you can go and exercise your gifts. Find a place that is going to be your training ground. Because we need to train. This is a training period for what is to come. Because things are going to get harder. They're not going to get better. That's what the Bible teaches. And because things are going to get harder, it means that we're going to need to grow more uh, in our faith so that we can use these spiritual gifts for what they were meant for. And that is to bring forth a great revival upon the earth um, for in the ministry of our Messiah. That is the ministry of reconciliation and freedom, a ministry of power that is, that, uh, that, is, that is a testimony where there are miracles and things that are unexplainable follow our lives so that when we speak truth, people will have something that they want to listen to. Because no one, the world doesn't really want to listen to things unless we give them a reason to pay attention. And this is how Messiah got the world to pay attention, is by operating in the spiritual gifts and in power. And that's how we're going to get the world's attention and our friends, even our friends and family's attention. So, Victor, do you have any closing thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I just want to say, again, thank you for having me on. And I hope this has been a blessing uh, to those listening. It's been a blessing to me. And yeah. the kingdom is coming. You know, that is our, to be our prayer. You know, mm. thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, the kingdom is not just physical, it is also spiritual, and sometimes we forget that. We, there's lots of prophecies in, in the Bible about what this coming physical kingdom will look like, but when you, wherever Yeshua was, the kingdom was there, and he even told the Pharisees that, you know, that, the, that it was within their hands, it was within their reach, the kingdom was. And we are to do the same. Where we go, we bring the kingdom with us. We are his ambassadors. So like PD said, I want to echo that, you know, find... Where would the Holy Spirit lead you to help bring forth the kingdom? This kingdom of the world right now is going to go. He just said it's going to burn. It's burning right now. There are people burning in certain cities. So they want a new world order. The enemy has his kingdom too, and he has a new world order that he would like to replace this kingdom with because he is an imitator. So he has a, a, he has a kingdom too that he'd really like to replace the current system with. It's called the new world order. It's the beast system. Well, we have a better kingdom, and we can present that to everyone we encounter. So again, well, yeah, that might just be at the mall. That's where I started. I started going to malls. I started going into prisons. I started just praying for people, just whatever, you know. And you might just be at home with your kids changing diapers. There's, you know, you feel like you're an unsung hero, and what can you do? There's so much you can do. In your little mom group, in your mom group of just three women, you could be the biggest change that that person, you might be the only Yeshua that they ever meet. Who knows? Let's not despise small beginnings, the Bible says.
Mm-hmm. So it might be small to you, but it's big to the king. And when you, when you, when you are faithful with the little things, he will give you greater responsibilities. So don't judge it, you know, by the size and the impact it has. In fact, there are so many seeds that I've scattered and that many of you have scattered that we'll never even know what came of those seeds because somebody else came after and watered them and, and helped them to grow and nurture them and disciple them. So we don't know. We won't know on this side of, of the kingdom. So just be faithful with what little you have and and just, again, walk it out in faith. Uh, don't don't worry about the results. Results aren't up to you. If, if it was, then you'd screw it up, and I would screw it up. So it, it, the results are not up to you. What is up to you is whether you're just going to be obedient or disobedient. That's what it's a matter of. It's a matter of obedience. Are you going to listen to the call? The call is to go. It's not to stay. I've seen the many miracles and great works of the Father when I've gotten off my couch and walked out the door, not when I've sat around doing nothing, not when I've been in my comfort zone. And I think many of us are being called right now to get out of our comfort zones. That's why Yeshua said he was going to send the comforter, because we will need comfort getting out of our comfort zones to perform these many miracles you know, for the king. So we need to get out of our comfort zones, and I am encouraging you to do that and to step out in faith. And I know that can be scary. Recently, I was at a Walmart, and there was a 16-year-old girl at the cash register, and the father gave me a word for her. I fought it for about 90 seconds as to whether I was going to deliver the word. And I realized I was acting like Peter, who was afraid of a little handmaiden and denying Messiah. So I re- then I just said, hey, to the girl, this might sound a little crazy, but I feel like the father wants me to tell you this. And I told it to her. And she began to weep and cry, and it was an answer to her prayers. And so often I think we miss those blessings and those opportunities because we're afraid to say something. But I want to encourage you, it's a win-win situation. In, in, in the book of Peter, Peter says that when we are persecuted for the name of Messiah, we are blessed. Brothers and sisters, do you believe that? Do you believe those words to be true? Do you believe that you're blessed if you're persecuted for his name? Many of us, especially in the United States and in Western Europe, you know, we don't even know what persecution looks like for Messiah. And you know, we might soon face that. But right now, if we're not even willing to step out in faith when it's easy, and when there's no persecution, why is that going to get any easier down the road when things get a little harder? So it's a again, if you if you bless somebody and, and you did the right thing, you'll be you know it'll be great, and you'll know that you walked out the Father's will, and there's nothing greater than and than doing that. But if you they think you're crazy, they say mean things to you. Well, I, one thing I remind myself is I'm probably never going to see this person again. So we have nothing to fear except the Father, you know, our healthy fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of man and fear of the Lord cannot occupy the same space. So right now, I just want to tell you not to operate in the fear of man. What, what can man do to you? We can't fear those who can kill the body. And we that's a command from, from our Lord. So let's not fear people, and let's walk out boldly for our king. Amen, Victor. Thank you, brother. That was wonderful. Um, thank you for everything you've shared on this past hour. It's been an amazing time chatting to you. And amen on the results too. You know, I want to echo that. Don't, brothers and sisters, when we go out, the results are up to the Father. He didn't call us to to do this or that except to be obedient to what He told us to do. And He said, lay your hands on the sick. That's what He said. So go, lay your hand on the sick, or go, cause out the demon. Go, do that part. And the result part, that's like we mentioned, He's the one who does all this stuff. He's the one who does it through us. So let Him have the results. Let him have that in his hand. Right. Right, brothers and sisters, I'm leaving that with you. We're going to just end this off in a prayer. 
Thank you again, Victor, for joining me. I thank all of you watching and listening to this for joining. I'm gonna, we're going to do this again. It was a wonderful time. So, Father, Lord, we just thank you for everything, Lord, that you have given us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you, Lord, that you have come and give us, given us this power that we can all walk in, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and our mind fixed on you. Let our thoughts be about you and what you want us to do in every season, every day, wherever we go. Lord, and give us a boldness above understanding, Lord. And Lord, help us to choose to be bold when you give us boldness. Father, I just pray, Lord, for everyone listening, that you would give them an, an amazing anointing of boldness, Lord, just this week to go out, Lord, and wherever they go. Thank you for opening up opportunities, Lord, special opportunities for everyone listening right now, that they're going to find people, whether it's people they know or people they don't know along the way, Lord, where they can speak into their lives, where they can speak to their, whether it's their sickness, where they can cast out a demon, where they can raise a dead. Father, I thank you, Lord, that none of these things are above you and that you ruled death. You overcame it. And Lord, I thank you that you gave us that same authority and power through your spirit. Lord, we thank you for how good you are in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Hey, brothers and sisters, thank you again for joining us. May God bless you and keep you. And we'll see you guys in the next video. Shalom.